It's one of the best FIFA World Cup finals in history because it contains everything you want to watch about football. Hat trick, check. Dramatic development, check. Extra time, check. Penalty shootout, check. A dream come true, check. A tragic hero, check. Congratulations to Lionel Messi and Argentina. Maybe next time, Kylian Mbappe and France. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. So, how where do you rank this final of all the World Cup finals you have ever watched? I mean, right at the very top, no contest. Wow. You know, because the thing is, and it's the thing we were talking about before the third place game around the semifinals. We always tend to think that. The best games are the semifinals、mm-hmm. and the third place because they're kind of open, they're kind of free. There's not much pressure on. Both teams are playing still to end the next step. Now it's kind of there's more to lose than there's to gain if you make a mistake. And you know, you think about previous finals that there's been, they typically end up being very close.、Um, When Argentina lost to Germany, it was one nil.、Mm-hmm. When France beat、um, Croatia, it was four two. But it was like each. It felt like it was very closely poised. If it wasn't for say Pussy Wright running on the pitch and things like that, it may not have gone in the same direction. Whereas with this, I don't think I sat down for like the last half hour、mm-hmm. because of just how. Back and forth, and dramatic. Every single decision was from basically the entire game, almost. But now, as soon as France got that penalty、mm. that Kylian Mbappe converted in the 80th minute, it was just electric. Yeah. I first want to really admire the decisions of both sides managers, but let's start with Scaloni. I never imagined he would actually put thirty-four, almost thirty-five years old, and have Demaria in the starting lineup, and he was right to do so. Yeah, yeah. The Demaria not being played in the knockouts was one of those things where you thought to yourself, "Well, Demaria was a big name; you couldn't really leave him out. He was playing fine." But he was old,、mm-hmm. and then see him come back and not even play typically where he normally goes on the right. But instead, be far left. It felt like a very bizarre decision. And then、um, the first goal was a penalty、mm-hmm. because of a foul on him. And then that second goal was, for my money, one of the best. World Cup final team goals I've ever seen, where it starts with Messi goes to McAllister, McAllister across to Di Maria, and so much space. He converts it, and I must admit, there was a part of me when I saw that goal go in, where I thought to myself, you know, Di Maria's running around, tears in his eyes, everyone's jumping on him, and there's still an hour left of the game. I did think to myself a little, they're celebrating too hard, too early, but then. France were just nowhere to be found in that first half. The decisions from、um, Didier Deschamps to change Giroud and Dembélé before the first half was even over was a real sense of like he knew something was wrong and he was making the best decisions he could. And in many ways, he did because 
Dembele has been invisible this entire tournament. We were talking about how every attack they had, France went down the left wing. He was just always out there on the right doing nothing. And Giroud, you know, his legs simply didn't work anymore. He was just out there on an island up front. So replacing him with Taram and Dembele with Colomwani made sense. But it still didn't get them in the game. And then in the second half, it just kind of continued in the sense of um, Argentina 2-0 up. We're just playing like a team that was 2-0 up. There was France was doing nothing to get back into it. Um, they were, Argentina were doing everything they could to really keep things separate. Then in the 70th minute, you had the changes where Griezmann and Tiago Hernandez got taken off. Camavinga and Kingsley Coman came on. That gave them a bit more impetus. But still, it felt like, okay, they're just kind of throwing ideas at the wall and see what sticks. But then when that first penalty went in where Colomwani just mm-hmm. burst into the box and got taken down by Nicolas Otamendi, suddenly everything changed. And from then on, it was a totally different game. I was when I was watching Argentina lead two to nothing. I was okay. This is over. Cause not only because the two goal lead was too big for any team to come back in the final, also because front, like you said, France were like they were gone in the first half. They didn't shoot. They didn't have a corner kick, and the whole team were like dream walking. I, I was mm-hmm. thinking like, well, what are you doing? You think you already won or what? That's why I, I, mean- I yeah. I mean, you know, all the way through this tournament, I think we've talked about how great Antoine Griezmann is, and he just simply couldn't do anything this entire game. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's, yeah. it's it's like you're saying they were just playing out of position, almost as if like yeah, they had already won, or as if like this game didn't matter. It was just very strange. Mm-hmm. So that, that's when I was questioning, like Didion Deschamps was like, "Were you because?" Judging by his rotations in the semifinals and quarterfinals, I don't think he's a kind of guy who want, who likes improvise. He likes making his own plan and then stick to the plan. So when he, uh, like you said, replaced Giroud and Dembele in at the fortieth minute, I was like, okay, is he really? Kn- does he really know what he's doing? And it actually worked because the first goal, it was the first penalty, it was created by Muani. The second goal, it w- it began to me when Coleman actually cut the ball from Messi, and it yep. was Trump who assisted Mbappe to score. So all of his changes worked so well. I respect that. I admire that. But if he could do this, why didn't he you know, send these guys in the, to the field in the first place? I mean, that, that is the thing that's really quite weird about it in the sense of going into this, there was already the story about how the French camp was sick bunch of players hadn't trained, a bunch of players wouldn't be available. I know Ibrahim Konate, mm-hmm. he came on very close to the end. I want to say, he, yeah, 113th minute replacing Rafa Varane, who just basically collapsed when he fell off the edge of the pitch. And he, Konate, was touch and go before playing. Apparently, he wasn't confirmed on the team sheet until the game pretty much began. So... You know that this France team is already slightly falling apart. I don't know why you keep certain players like Giroud, 36, like Rafa Varane, clearly not 100% match fit, 
basically falling apart already, so tired. The the every single change worked. Every single change was genius. Every single change proved that Deschamps knew what he was doing and he wasn't really forced out of desperation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you are right. If like the, if it was that effective, I mean, you know, it did take say forty minutes for. Kolomwani and Taram to make an impact but still if he would have put them on at the very start maybe the 40 minutes would would have still been the same only that means you're scoring your goals in the first half mm-hmm. you know after the two goals from score I think Argentina were only one kick away from crumbling if say the edit the um at a time of the second half were not eight minutes if it's 10 or 12 I, I think they could mm-hmm. have very likely lost this game and as well as that, both Hugo Lloris and Emmy Martinez basically made saves that, depending on which direction the game would have gone, were probably the most important saves in World Cup history, arguably football history, based on what they mean. Because you had that moment in, like, yeah, you say, like, the they were one, basically one kick away, Argentina, but in, like, what, the 96th minute, I think mm-hmm. it was, mm-hmm. Messi had that perfect chance where he was like through in the middle yeah and he blasted the goal and typically he goes to the corner maybe he was just tired maybe he was closed down but instead he went right through the middle and Lloris saved it by knocking it over the top and if you think about it if he didn't make that save that suddenly becomes 3-2 with Mm -hmm. 60 seconds left Messi gets his goal the narrative is all on that but then we go into extra time and uh, Messi does get his goal at the start of the second half of the extra time, but Mbappe gets a penalty later on. And then with moments left, Colomwane is through on goal and he just blasted straight at Martinez, who does like the big starfish pose and just about saves the game. Mm-hmm. And again, had he not done that, it would have been the new generation of France. They pip it right at the post. And, you know, he does his uh, Peter Schmeichel thing and knocks the ball knocks the ball clear. So in both cases, Hugo Lloris and Emi Martinez, two players who have been good throughout the tournament but not amazing, ends up being the things that, for me, end up being almost the star players of both of their respective teams because they kept it alive right to the very, very, very end. Mm-hmm. I think Messi made most of his calls during this 120 minutes, very reasonable, but there were on several occasions, very few, maybe two or three, including the play you mentioned, when actually there was someone else, I can remember his name, he was open on, like, in the right corner of the box. Messi, I don't know if he mm. saw it or not, but he didn't pass to him, which is very unlike him. He decided to do, to do it on his own. Though it was not a goal, it was still a good shot. Maybe at that moment, it was clutch time. Is it possible that Messi was like, I want to do the Diego Maradona thing. I want to be the hero. I want to now take the chances myself. Well, you know, Maradona didn't score in the 86 final. He got them all the way, but he didn't score. Yeah. So Messi, I think, in the back of his mind, for you know, he spent his entire career being called like the new Maradona, the next Maradona. Mm-hmm. I suspect in the back of his mind, knowing that like this is going to be his last World Cup game, this is going to define his legacy as a, not just a football player, but as a representative of Argentina. 
I suspect at some point, like instinct kicks in, and if he felt he could go for goal, he just he just took it. The only thing is that I would suspect is I don't. Julian Alvarez has been a great player throughout, but Lautaro Martinez missed so many chances when mm. he was brought on towards the end yeah. that perhaps he just thought, well, it's probably safer for me to go for goal myself than give this guy a chance. Could be. Uh, compared with Messi, who scored two goals, Mbappe became the second player in history to score a hat trick in the FIFA World Cup final. The first one was your country's hero. Mm-hmm. How yeah, do you Jeff like has... anything you have any idea anything you have changed about your rating of Mbappe after this final? Well, the only drawback I would say of this final is that you have Mbappe getting a hat trick. But two of them are penalties. You know, Jeff Hurst didn't have to do that. He he scored all his goals in open play. Yeah. So you have this situation where Mbappe is, you know, he's 23 and he's only four goals behind Miroslav Closer for the most goals scored in World Cup. I, you know, he is always dangerous. He is, like we were saying, all you need is to give him an inch of space, and he will do something with it. However, at the same time, he was invisible until that 80th minute. Mm-hmm. And it makes you realize that Messi is so versatile when he gets the ball that no matter where he is on the pitch, he did track back maybe once or twice, but otherwise he's not doing that. And yet, almost box to box, if Messi gets the ball, he's going to pick someone out, he's going to make a move, he's going to do something. Whereas with Mbappe, he is just always going to be an eye for goal. So when he was being closed down by, you know, Ramirez, Otamendi, Tagliafico, they were all on him. Yes, that means that there are three players that are assigned to one man. But when you stop him, you stop the entire attack of France, basically. Mm-hmm. So I get the feeling that Mbappe, incredible player, but he's an incredible striker. And the versatility of Messi and the smarts of Scaloni to just keep him to keep Mbappe clamped down says to me he isn't at that goat level yet. Yeah, but he's only twenty three, and he's already breaking all these records, which is to say he's already one of the best. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if he matures correctly, you know, if he stops being a brat at PSG and plays like he's played for Didier Deschamps this tournament, he really could be. One of you know he could be the next in line for this greatest of all time debate. Yeah, I think that again brought a question like Mbappe doesn't like playing as the center. He likes to moving freely in the left wing. In the final, it proved that he at least in this game he was the most efficient finisher in the center position. And like you said, when he was in the left wing in the first forty minutes, where was he? No one found him.、Mm. When Trump、yeah. came up and replaced him in the left. Mbappe began to plan a role. Of course, scoring three goals it was impressive. But again, if you, I think he is smart enough because he's a genius. He's smart enough to know what he does the best and what kind of role he plays the best in football. Like he said, he just has to cease to be a brat. He just has to admit and do what's best for the team. I think. Yeah, and that that's the thing as well where we're thinking about these tactics of Didier Deschamps. You, it was the same in the Morocco game where. Mbappe was fine, but then when he started playing in the center, that's where all the goals came from. He didn't score them, nor did he.、Um, 
he didn't score them, but and nor did he um, create the assists, but he kept the ball moving at all times, mm-hmm. which is how Colin Warney scored that second goal that won, which is how the Teo Hernandez goal just kept alive. So you do have to wonder coming out of this tournament, like, yes, Mbappe always starts there, like free-floating on the left, but maybe it's time to just start playing him central and see what happens, because... In a tournament like this, it's like, what, seven games if you play it all the way to the end? You can't afford to make mistakes. And if you see the slightest change giving your side an advantage, you kind of have to take it. Yeah. Um, I don't think Giroud is going to come back in the next World Cup. I don't know about Griezmann, but he's not young anymore. Maybe from the next edition, Mbappe will be maybe not the only, but the biggest leader of this team. And do you think he, with those young men like Muani, like others, do you think they have a, still a bright future? I'm not so sure because I, throughout this tournament, you know, Graysman has been the best player yeah. by a, a pretty wide margin. And the thing that we saw yesterday is if you clamp down on Graysman and he can't get the service to Mbappe, even if you have Mbappe single, double, triple coverage. There's kind of nothing he can do out there on his own. So I suspect it's going to be one of those things where he is obviously going to be that team's leader. He basically already is. But as long as he stays as he plays now, mm-hmm. it's going to end up in one of those situations kind of like Ronaldo at Portugal where if you cut him off, nothing changes. Whereas um, whereas you look at w- with Messi, he's basically played in a different position in every game so far. Lionel Scaloni has put him in a front two, a front three, out there on his own sometimes. And he's built a team around him. If Mbappe has a team around him like he had uh, in 2018, mm-hmm. basically like he had here and just simply came up moments short in, in the final... He will be fine, but he does need an orchestrator like Graysman. He does need another striker up front like Giroud, who will both of them will allow Mbappe to roam. He does need a midfield with versatility like Chuomani and Rabio, and options from the bench who can basically facilitate his play. I don't think he. I mean, even you know he'll be twenty-seven. Seven? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, at that point, I guess he'll still be somewhere between in his prime slash elder statesman. Mm-hmm. But based on how he's played his career so far, four years is a long time. He can mature. He can become the guiding light of the team. But as it stands, I can't see him taking that role like Messi has. That's true. I, I agree. And I think so much for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully we'll be hearing from you guys very soon later. See ya. Yep, speak to you soon.